Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I, when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's, I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash ev6 kia movement that inspires hello (laughs) hello how are you (laughs) hi hello how are you (laughs) i'm so excited to talk to you oh well you'll get over that soon enough welcome to literally it's me. I'm very excited. I say that a lot, don't I? At what point you're going to be, and he says that every single time I turn on to the show. But it's true. I wouldn't be doing it if I wasn't excited about it. And I have the great Catherine O'Hara on the podcast today. I mean, when you think of just iconic, amazing, and to say she's a character actor is diminishing because she's not. She's an She's an actor, a great actor, but her character work is unparalleled, whether it's her work in every genius Christopher Guest movie or the Home Alone franchises or her work at SCTV or currently in Schitt's Creek where she just won an Emmy. Oh, nothing. Um, She's a stud and she's somebody that I've never met before. So you get to see me start a history with somebody brand new live in your ear hole and um, that's about to begin right now and um, I hope you like the talk as much as I liked having it I'm in Vancouver British Columbia Canada where my husband and sons are working on a show called Schmigadoon for Apple um, uh, my husband is a production designer he designed the sets and one son is in construction and the other Amazing. son is a set dresser so they got into show business against all your, <laughs> all the barriers you surely, hopefully, put in their way. No, after they quit college, ah! uh, they're both they're both dropouts. So we thank God we could get them to work somewhere. Jeez. 
I, I, the, the, yeah, I, I wake up in the, with cold sweats sometimes because one of my kids is in the business and then yeah. the, the other is sort of flirting with it, uh, with the, but at least he's got a law degree. So, uh, but you know, <laughs> law degree, congratulations. I oh, know. I great. don't, I don't know how that great. happened. I really, <laughs> I, I suspect, I've always suspected that on one of those locations that, you know, and I love my wife and I say this with all respect, but I do think that maybe there was something going on with a really smart <laughs> pool guy. It's the only, it's the only thing that makes any real sense. There are tests for that sort of thing. I know. I know. <laughs> but I, I think it, you trust her. I think you trust her. I do. Yeah. I do. But that said, if I were... If I were, who's the, 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 the redheaded prince who we were convinced that Prince Charles isn't his father, that one, you know? Uh, oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I would. The redhead? In, in what world has, has somebody not gotten hair out of that brush and gone <laughs> to like 23andMe or whatever the fuck it is and figured it out? I mean, that would be worth some money, I think. <laughs> That's great. Right? He does have his nose. He has his nose, Charles' nose. Yeah, but he's got that ginger fighter pilot face, though. Yeah, does red hair immediately go to kids or go to kids? Mm. Uh, English <laughs> is not my first language. Does it go to kids? <laughs> and we all talk like Donald Trump now. Does it go to kids oh. that, where they are with the... Um, no, do children automatically inherit red hair? Is that better? Mm. No, I think it pops up. We're, I think it pops up weirdly. Oh, oh! I think you're making that up. I don't know. This is what well, this is. This is why I'm the worst podcaster in the history of podcasts because I get a genius like you with a, a with a this storied oh, no. career, and and all I want to do is talk about obscure DNA and red hair popping up, and people right all across the country right now. People are getting off the treadmills and going, "This guy's the fucking worst." I've I've had it. I want Jason Bateman. <laughs> Give me Dax Shepard. I'll talk about anything, but, but the obvious. Well, you, I, I was, I was doing my little research on, on you and I came across a, uh, an interesting quote. You said your whole family was funny. How does that happen? No one in my family's funny. Yes, they are. You must've beaten it out of them or somebody did. But your family was actually funny. Everybody. Yeah, they really are. They still are. Yeah. They still are. Six. Six brothers and sisters. Well, my parents are gone. God bless them. But I have six brothers and sisters. And they all think and know they could be doing anything that I've done in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, they are. They're funny. But it, but it was always, I think we're born funny. And I think you either, you know, unfortunately have life beat it out of you. Or mm. uh, or you're, it's encouraged. And you're fortunate enough to have it encouraged. And my parents, I think... Was that was the sexiest thing about them is them making each other laugh right to the end, right. no matter what they were going through, you know. And the longer you live, you go through a lot of stuff, and they did. Um, and and they just always found a way to laugh about it, always. And my dad used to like, you know, during dinner he'd go to the bathroom and come back with a funny hairdo <laughs> to the table. Really? So he was silly too, because there's. Oh yeah, very silly. I th- I think silly funny is is very underrated. Yeah, not really. Well, yes. Okay, I won't disagree. Sorry. But, you know, you look at uh, uh, The Jerk or oh. Dumb and Dumber, Dumb oh. and Dumber or... or uh, I mean... Uh, who else? Who else? Jim Carrey. 
Ventura, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yeah. Silly, but intelligently done. Anything yes. really well done is, is well done, I think. But just having just the I, the notion of your dad walking into the, the bathroom and coming out with a, a, a hairdo apropos of nothing <laughs> is really genius. <laughs> That's the way it was. Yeah, I do. A, I do a ridiculous walk in um, at the end of Best in Show. If you ever seen? Yes. It. Oh, I and know the walk well. It's great. I do a ridiculous walk, and the night before we shot this, Chris Guest said, "Okay, well, you have to, you know, something has to happen. You have to fall so that Eugene can show the dog with his two left feet." And uh, and so we talked about you know falling and whatever. And then I said, "Well," um, and he said, "Then what do you imagine afterwards?" We can. I said, "Can I do this?" <laughs> and I walked away from him, and he just said, "Yes." Yes, do that. And that is my dad's walk that he would do. Talk about my dad, but my dad would do that in a parking lot or wherever he'd walk ahead of us and do that walk. So everyone in my family does it. Like they're appealed that I got to do it on film. That's amazing. Well, listen, here's what I love about your dad, and I didn't get a chance to know him, and I'm sad about it, is he clearly didn't care what other people who were in the same parking lot (laughs) were looking around. That poor man. What's what's wrong with him? And speaking, I'm sorry, one more thing about my dad and parking lots is at one point, our car, I don't know what kind of car he was driving, but if we turned left, the horn would go off. So <laughs> I remember driving out of a church parking lot and the and he turned left and the horn went off and my dad said, everybody wave. So we all waved out the window as if he was honking to somebody <laughs> that he knew. So we all waved to everyone. He's, but see, he's Canadian. So, and Canadians are funny. You guys, you're funny. Everyone is. I, (laughs) would you like to come to Dayton, Ohio? Spend some time at, uh, (laughs) spend some time with the folks I grew up with. Really nice people. Not funny. Are you there now? Are you there now? No, No. I, uh, my dad is still there. My dad's still practicing law. Um, and he's not funny at all. I guess if it takes me that long to answer, the answer is no. Um, <laughs> Do his friends think he's funny? Which is even worse. Because there's there's nothing. That, here's the thing that makes my skin crawl. Ready for this? Is when it's good, oh, I, I got a great joke. You're going to love this. When I hear that phrase. Oh. I, I, I literally start to jump out of my own skin. Oh, I've never set up a joke with, oh, is this ever funny? You got to hear no, this. No, but they do, people do it all the time. Because they laughed at it when somebody told it to them. And they think it's just going to come out of them the same way. <laughs> and they'll be able to point. deliver it and get the same laugh. So they're going, wait, do you hear this that's coming through me now, unfortunately? Yeah, I, 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 I don't like the pre-sale. Of the story, the, no. other, the other one is when it's like, oh, oh yeah, I just one second, but this is this is such a great story. You got to hear this. <laughs> ah! I never. I don't get nervous. Or if somebody tells you pitches an idea for anything, you know, and they say, "What about this idea?" I get really nervous that I'm not going to love it, and it's just you can hardly hear anything. I love it already. Yeah. Just, I, what are you saying? <laughs> here's here's I think we can stop this as a culture. Is the minute they say, oh, I, this is really funny. You just go, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> yes. Just just hit them with it <laughs> we'll right see. away. I'll be, we'll see. Yeah. For you, it right? works for me. I don't know. Yeah. Or or if, if you're telling a long joke or if you've heard a long joke and you thought it was really funny and you'd like to repeat it, do you really milk it? When it's one of those 
jokes that require a lot of milking of the story. Mm. Kind of by the end, you're thinking, really, all of that for that punchline? But some people can really just make a meal out of it, as they say. Whereas I will just kind of get lazy and go, mm, and at the end, this happens. Yeah. But and I, the doctor came in and said, here are the results. <laughs> so I'm laughing. Oh, you're good. I know. I know. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to ask you about this. So at, I grew up as an SNL guy, right? Um, and But all my friends were SC tv freaks but i could never get sctv i could never find it and i wanted to find it so badly you didn't stay up late enough is that what it was where where the, where the hell was this thing this sctv it, thing you speak of where was it <laughs> as you speak of um it was on a thing called a television yes uh, okay good all right i'm yeah. with you and back when we all Never mind. Um, and um, uh, it was on either before or after Saturday Night Live on a lot of stations. Uh, mm. But more often than that, it would be on like after to the night show or something. It'd be on at 1 a.m. See, because I got Don Kirshner's rock concert. Oh, yeah. The Midnight Special. And the Midnight Special. Midnight special yeah, yeah, that's what I got after SNL. But I, because I always wanted to see. What everybody was taught, somehow people, but they're not, ri- they're not rivals, right? Do you feel like that it's a rival thing? No, no, we were not in the same league. We were never in the same league. They were the primetime players, right? On Saturday Night Live. And well, most of them were our friends that had been at Second City. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. Um, and we knew most of them, but we were so happy for them. Uh, and at different times, I remember they were talking to John Candy, God bless him, about doing it, or so-and-so, they might sort of put up feelers. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think the SCTV producers, uh, you know, they, of course, uh, they had tried doing um, a, a sketch television show years ago. It was called Tunnel. So, oh, I want to say Tunnel Vision, but it's not. Chevy Chase was involved, Bill Murray, and a bunch of Second City people, and, uh, and it hadn't gone anywhere. I think they did it with the Lampoon people. And uh, and then, so finally, because Saturday Night Live was doing so well, such a giant hit, then our producer said, wait a minute, we've had, we have, you know, we have such a bank load of of talent from all the years yeah. of Second City. Why aren't we doing this? And we just happened to be the cast at the time. Uh, we were there in the right right time, right place, and we got to do it. But no, I don't think we could, no, we're no competition, no. It's, it's but I not did a- like the fact that we didn't have to do it with an audience. We could take our time and play with things and rewrite them. And we had more control as a cast, way more control than the cast has on Saturday Night Live. So that would be would would make it much not not easier. It's ne- it's never easy to be funny. And those those I mean, the people that came out of that farm team. I mean, I mean, you you had Gilda there. You knew Gilda. You knew Gilda oh. Radner, for gosh oh, sakes. Oh, God bless her. Yeah, she and my I met her through my brother, Marcus. They dated and they were in a theater called Global Village Theater in, in Toronto, downtown. And we got to go downtown from the suburbs and see them. That was very exciting. It's and, very exciting. Isn't it? And then it? Uh, Gilda, Gilda got into Godspell and my sister, Mary Margaret. Godspell. Wait, singer. wait, wait. Hang on. I yeah. just want to savor that. Can I just savor? Because that I just was overwhelmed with 70s vibes just now. Gilda Did you ever see Godspell? got into Godspell. Who didn't? It's yeah. the 70s. Who wasn't in uh, it? Godspell. Oh, my God. In Toronto, it's Victor Garber played Jesus. No way. Eugene took over for him later. 
Eugene was in the cast. Eugene had an afro like Schreiber, Burns and Schreiber. Nobody <laughs> knows so them. You're <laughs> too young. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Eugene was in it. Andre Martin was in it. Dave Thomas was in it. Uh, Marty Short was in it. They were all these same Second City people. Uh. Um, yeah, they were all in Godspell. Mary Margaret, who's a great singer, and I auditioned. We got callbacks, but we didn't get in. Uh, and I think we even, I even copied what Gilda had sung for her. I think Zippity Doodah, she'd sung for her audition. I didn't even Gilda did. And then Gilda got into Second City, and Mary Margaret and I were waitresses at Second City. We just followed Gilda everywhere. Oh, yeah, wow. she was lovely. She would come and hang out with our family on, you know, on the dark night, on Sunday nights or Monday, whenever they were not working at Second City. She'd come and hang out. We have home videos of her doing improvs with my mom and dad, my sisters and brothers. And she was really sweet. When I turned 17, she gave me um, her gift was 17 coupons for me. I wish I knew where they were. One of them was, I will do the dishes for you. I will make you oh. lunch. I will take you shopping. Cute little life life coupons. Did you ever yeah. did you ever cash in those coupons? <laughs> no. Are you kidding? Even then I knew this is Gilda Radner. Hang on to this. I would have stood up at the audience at SNL and said, Hey fancy girl, you gotta do my dishes. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'd like I... a little lunch, please. Were you a good auditioner, bad auditioner? You auditioned for guy like I oh I love finding out if people are, are good at auditioning because a lot of actors are not. At all. And some are really good at it. I'm not. Someone, I think it was my brother, Michael, told me about a book called Audition. Do you know that mm. book? Michael I'm going to have to read it now. Michael Shirliff. Michael Shirliff. Um, he also does or did acting classes. And really, really good uh, advice on auditioning. And in his book, he said Robert De Niro was an awful auditioner. I thought, well, that gave me hope. Uh, but yeah, I was really bad. And I actually auditioned for a Robert De Niro movie once. And he wasn't there, of course. And, and there was a, you know, a bank of people there. And I'm sitting in a chair and the scene I was reading um, in that scene, Robert De Niro and his wife were in bed. Um, so instead of sitting there reading the scene, I got down like this to look like I was in bed. Oh, my God. Which it's amazing. You can see is a really flat. <laughs> that is. Well. I don't know how I feel about, I relate. I don't know how I feel about this because, you know, sometimes as a producer, I'm, you know, I'm on the other end of the casting and I always feel nervous for the actors and I want them to do great. Yeah. And I, I've seen actors come in and like, there's a scene in a car, right? And I, and I don't know how I feel about the actors who act like they're driving a car, <laughs> a fake, they, they, they manufacture a fake steering wheel and move it. And I, and I'm like, hmm, I don't I mean, I get it, but I don't know. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I did with the bed. It doesn't work. It's like work. you doing the thing with the bed. It doesn't work. And also the weird thing about auditioning, but there's nobody's come up with a better idea. Uh, but the, the really wrong thing about it is when you're auditioning, all the focus is on you. And when you're on a set, the focus is on everyone, everyone on the yep. crew, everyone in the scene, everyone. You know, it's a shared uh, occupation, you know, shared focus, but not when you're auditioning. So it's so unnatural in that way. It also took me until I was in my, I think, late 30s to realize that I shouldn't go into a meeting. I don't think I actually was ever good at a meeting as opposed to an audition. And then you get to a certain point in whatever career you might have, 
And they think, oh, we won't make you audition. We'll just have you come in for a meeting, right? But I was right. never good at that. And it took me till really into my late 30s to realize that maybe I shouldn't go into that meeting completely as myself, that maybe I should take mm. some aspect of the character and, you know, how would I be that way? Or how would I think that way or see that way? And I'd still be myself, but I would, you know, feed them a bit of, uh, you know, my potential as the character. But until then, I was just, <laughs> no matter what the role, I would go in as the same goof ass. What, are you good it's, at meetings? You're good at meetings. Uh, well, here's my problems even worse. I feel like I'm good in meetings and I have a great time and I come out of them and I never get the job. That's, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's nice. even worse, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd rather know I was bombing in the room so maybe I could work on it. Yeah. But I make a lot of friends. When it goes well, yeah, you have no, you know, and they'll say, oh, you're great. We love meeting. Yeah, we love meeting him. Why don't you tell us? Tell us what, what, you know, how did we blow it or why? Or had you already cast it before you brought 40 people in? Well, you know, they say show business is the one industry where you could die from enthusiasm, die of enthusiasm. You know, it's like <laughs> it, it, it really but you're you're so right about giving them a little bit of of something. It's kind of like the thing. It's you're 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 going to do a net. You're gonna you're it's Westworld. You might be in West the new season of Westworld. Ooh, <laughs> and so you go to meet with everybody at HBO, and they're not going to make you. They're not going to make you. Come on, read for it, of course. After all, it's season five. Um, they might have. It was season one. But 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 if I went in and chaps, like if I just rolled into Mr. Chow's for the lunch meeting and chaps, that's sort of what we're talking about, right? It's like um, it's me, but there's a little something something about being a right or no? That's too on the nose. Cowboy hat, <laughs> jaunty cowboy hat. I think if I was casting, I would think I would give you points for effort and for enthusiasm, definitely. But I think it's more like. Um, you know, if you're going to play one of those kind of robot kind of, I don't know what those people are on Westworld. You so would watch, order your meal like this. There you go. That you would kind of, yes. I would like a salad. I a salad sounds like good. Hey. Please give me a Caesar salad. I met with Catherine and it seemed like she'd had a stroke. It's <laughs> the feedback you get. I think I've got, I've got that critique a lot. <laughs> Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day? Or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky same day. Or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. There's only one answer. California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I, look, I love California, um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's to get what you want. You have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. 
They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season with Quince. Now you can get high quality pieces that never go out of style. You'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly onto you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. You know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash Rob for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360-day returns. Quince.com slash Rob. Schitt's Creek is so genius. Everybody knows it. I don't need to tell you. It's amazing. And you're amazing. So you have found that. You have found where to watch that. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about because that show's journey is is one of the things that look, I, I I spent a lot of time pissing on show business for good reason. But the other the other great thing about show business is you truly don't know when the next magical thing is gonna happen. And that's what's so great about it, and that that show found its way into the zeitgeist against all odds is is yeah. one of the great things about what we do, really, truly. No, we are really this whole COVID thing worked out really well. <laughs> That's terrible. That's right. Everybody's stuck at home and people are watching anything they hear about. And the people who do watch our show, who were watching our show already are so loving and kind that they badger everyone they know to watch the show. So then suddenly people are stuck at home. They go, okay, I'll watch it. So that, and, and the fact that Netflix uh, that, that made a world of difference. The day Netflix started showing her show made a big, big difference. Um, but people really are stuck at home. And also we turned out to be 
um, the Rose family in our show turned out to be a strangely good example for people of how to live with your grown children and get to know each other when you're stuck at home for a good length of time. We're actually, it's so uh, in keeping with what so many people are living through. And, you know, there's the whole lovely inclusivity aspect of our show. And, and, uh, and there's just a lot of, it's really written with love. I think Daniel Levy wanted to create a world he wanted to live in. And I'd like to live there too. And I, I also liked uh, a quote I read of yours. You said you wanted to help design a character that was going to make you interested in playing her for more than in one season. And boy, did you ever do that? I mean, that is, <laughs> uh, well, they, they, they allowed me to speak like an alien. That really helped. They were, they were, uh, there's not a lot of people who just go along with it. And I'd like to wear a different wig in every scene, please. Um, okay, said Eugene. Yeah. What about you? When you take on, you've done lots of series. When you start out on a role, do you not get scared of of creating something that you won't want to live with? Let alone, yeah. never mind what other people will think, but what you will stay interested in will keep you excited. And yeah, yeah. How, how do you go about that? Well, I, I've kind of come to a place where I accept the challenge of that if you're going to be on a long running television show that um, on TV, you live a character and in movies, you play a character. So movies, it's such a finite time. You know, you're going to go in and you're going to rap and you know what it is. But on a TV show, just the the volume of hours you're playing that character over time, yeah. you're living it. You, you're, 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 some days you're sick. Some days you're happy. Some days you're, you can't <laughs> wait to get home to see the kids. Other days there's a national tragedy unfolding on the news, but you're on the stage. <laughs> but whatever goes on, you're, go, you're going to experience it while you're playing the character. Yeah. And, and that to me is what keeps it from being, um, what keeps it fresh is that, that yeah. the, the, you're right. The amount of, the amount of time you're playing that character, you're inevitably going to experience a range of real life emotions. Cause on a movie, you can just put all that aside for six weeks or whatever, but you can't do it when you're lit, when you're doing a TV show. No. And I think you're, you know, with good writing, um, you you are allowed to have new experiences and find out about yourself, and you do go through changes if if um, if the writing allows it. Yeah. So you aren't actually you're not actually stuck like I afraid I was going to be or what any of us were going to be when we first signed on. Yeah, you're not you're not actually stuck. Yeah, good writing. So, is it true that you modeled your character's look after my? Good friend Daphne Guinness. Are you friends with Daphne Guinness? Are I you? am. I well, am. that's great. Well, she's wild. Wild. I, mean, I don't know her personally, but her determination to look different and amazing and strong, her jewel armor like jewelry that she wears. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that's I, all I, true. That's all who she is. So for those of you out yeah. there who are just discovering, Google Daphne Guinness. She's one of the great characters um, extraordinary characters. Um, I, I, I went, Aaron Sorkin and I did a few good men, uh, together in the, in the West end and Daphne came to the show and we struck up a friendship. And, uh, so I've known her ever, ever since. What's she like? Um, exactly. She's delivers on exactly what you want her to be like. Right. So 
She's very ethereal, very beautiful, yeah, very ageless. Like she could be from any age or be any age. Yeah, yeah. And um, I have a friend who talks about Daphne coming to visit them on the beach in Mozambique <laughs> in the high heat of the summer and looking up the beach and seeing her in f- seven inch black platform heels, yeah. black leather pants, bedazzled sleeves. And jewelry and hair and huge sunglasses. And that's, I mean, well, you know what she is? She's a female Karl Lagerfeld. There's yeah. a lot of that, right? I wore some Karl Lagerfeld uh, fingerless gloves on the show several times. Yeah, yeah. she's a, she's a, a big believer in fingerless gloves. She's a deaf, you can see, once you see her pictures of her, you know how much she inspired uh, me and our wardrobe department, Deborah Hansen and Daniel Levy, who had a big hand in it. Yeah, I, I um, you know, I signed on to do the role, and then um, Eugene and Daniel invited me to lunch to talk about, you know, details. And I brought my iPad with, uh, I, I looked at it recently. It was like a hundred and fifty pictures of Daphne Guinness. Um, <laughs> but how did you know? Yeah. How did you know about Daphne? How did you find? How did she get on your radar? I discovered it just uh, some somebody blessed me with that. I was just looking for looks. I know somebody, you know, Lisa Eisner? Yes. Lisa Eisner. Yeah. She uh, designs amazing jewelry and she's just yep. a great character. Yep. And she dresses really wild and strongly all the time. And, um, and so I was looking up, uh, looking for her for outfits. Cause I wanted to bring pictures of her to um, Daniel and Eugene. And um, I don't know, maybe I looked up black and white. Cause I do love black and white. I look black and white, something or extreme dressing or urban mm-hmm. or, uh, exotic right. dressing or, you know, whatever, and found a picture of Daphne again. It's like, oh, my God, who is this woman? Yeah, and then brought them 150 pictures. And Daniel, you know, I opened up the iPad and started running through them, and Daniel went, yes, yes. How great, though, that you have a collaborator, though, in Daniel. Yes. Who, who, who is open to that vision and, and gets oh, it. Oh, yeah, and makes it happen, actually executes it, you know, because – I'm sure you've had this where you, you know, you have meetings with wardrobe or the director, producer, whatever, before you take a role. And then you show up for your first fitting and everyone says yes. But it's amazing when you're talking anything creative that you're not actually seeing, and even when you see it sometimes. But uh, when you're talking creative ideas and everyone thinks they're on the same page and everyone goes, yeah, oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, great. Okay. So then with wardrobe, you show up on that first day. And there's a rack full of the most foreign-looking things to to what the conversation was. Just what what was there anything here? Let's start with oh, maybe that skirt. I'll try. (laughs) Just so that's happened so many times. So it's one thing um, for me to come in with pictures of Daphne Guinness. I didn't have to shop. I didn't have to find everything. I didn't have to put it together, accessorize it, anything. That was all Deborah Hansen and Daniel Levy, and we had to have authentic, high-end, you know, clothes from... Yeah, you can't fake. No, no. They did mix, they'll mix in some Zara and uh, H&M <laughs> once in a blue moon, uh, you know, especially for Annie stuff. I think some cute little dresses and things. But overall, no, I was wearing like $10,000 boots. But Daniel and Deb Hansen uh, would shop all year online and have stuff in their dream carts waiting for prices to go down. 
So because we don't have that budget. We didn't have that budget. Did you keep any of you must have kept some of the good stuff? I'm hoping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were very kind about that. Keep waiting for a bill to be sent and they haven't done it yet. So I'm going to just go with they've given it to me. Here's what you need to do. Now, there is a um, an Academy, a, dub, a double Academy Award winning actress who shall go unnamed. And um, there and, and it's her rule that if she as her character touches anything on the set, it's hers. So um, you guys can all do the math and try to figure out who this is. It shouldn't be too hard. But the the, the rule, crazy. it's called the that's her name rule. And so I think you need to invoke that rule. <laughs> well, I didn't have to. I worked with the Levy gentlemen. They just. Canadian, again, Canadians. Nice. Canadians, yeah. And at the end, you know, the racks and racks of amazing things, but I can't pull off most of it. I'm not my character. Um, but there were so many beautiful pieces. You know, we were evacuated last October. Thank God, not this year, but evacuated at three in the morning last year. And as you do, you run through the house. If you haven't organized things like like I didn't, um, <laughs> you know, you run through the house looking for passports and documents and, yep. you know, pictures of your babies and, you know, baby pictures from the kids and just all that stuff. And I kept running by this rack of Moira clothes. <laughs> and as I was looking for the other things you're supposed to gather, and I, I thought, oh, I can't. No, I no, I'm not. Uh. So I grabbed like. I don't know, about eight, ten pieces of clothes and the Givenchy booties. They're just oh. so cool. Along with the baby pictures of myself. No, of the kids. Um, you know. Givenchy booties and baby pictures. I was happy to have them because you never know. Thank God we were spared. But you got to have some things that, you know, not just documents and passports, but things that to remind you of joyful times. Yeah. Easy said for me. We were spared. Uh, where, where? What evacuation was this? Was this the, the fires? Yeah, the Getty, the Getty fire. Oh, the called, Getty yeah. fire. Yeah, because we're we're in Brentwood, very close. It was very close up, up Tigertail, and yeah, yeah oh, really for sure. Sad. Very sad. Yeah. Um, I I know what I also want to ask you about. You had a Paul Lind imitation. Is this true? <laughs> when I was nine or ten. Who did? Oh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, what was yeah, I only did men for my dad. Make them laugh. Make them laugh. Um oh yeah, what was his it was like this. <laughs> was something. No. That's, that's really good. No, you don't understand. They're making a Paul Lind movie and I'm oh. so disappointed that I'm not playing Paul Lind. Really are you? I feel like it's a role I was born to play. <laughs> that's quite a claim. That's I know. great. Well, why aren't you? Why aren't you? Who is I don't know. I don't know. Well, how do you know you're not? Because I think I read someone was playing it. I want to feel like it was like Greg Kinnear or somebody. I don't know. I, I need to get on this. I Don't you think? <laughs> I mean. Yes. Yeah. Don't you, don't you want to see a movie like that takes place up, you know, Mount Olympus off, off Laurel Canyon in 1976 with me as Paul Lynn doing whippets yes. with pool boys and then yes. rushing off to the farmer's daughter. Uh, bar next to CBS <laughs> Television City, getting yes. fucked up and then going on. I, I, that, I mean, that's a movie I want to do. And how happy would Paul Lynn be knowing you're playing him? How flattering <laughs> right? is that? That would be wonderful. Yeah. I think he'd like that. I mean. I think you should I, let people know. Center Square. Who else do you do? Do. Um, I do 
you know, I do some of the usuals, the Clinton, the Chris Walkins, you know. Um, oh, excellent. Uh, I do Lauren, of course, who doesn't do Lauren. Yeah. I think I haven't gotten through yeah. it. We were almost going to get to this podcast without me doing Lauren. This was going to be the first one. Oh, really? And now you've led me it's into up it. to you. You've led me it's into up it. to you. Um, <laughs> the mouth is going already. It's already starting. Um, I, I I once asked, because I, I have a son named Matthew. I know you have a son named Matthew. Yes. yes. So then I was trying to think of a, another name for my second son. And I was really struggling because, you know, names have a meaning. And you're like, oh, I, had a, I like this name. But I knew a guy in seventh grade who was a dick who had that name. Oh, so yeah. that name's that. You're right. You go through uh-huh. all that stuff. Uh-huh. And I was really struggling with the name. And I, I was on the phone with Lauren. And I said, and he, he said, my advice I think the king's names work best. Oh, and he means it. That's great. That's great. Isn't that the greatest? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. He also said, I was talking about redesigning my house. He goes, Rob, the thing is, when you get older, you'll find yourself being drawn to wood. <laughs> to wood? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that, does he say, it's that thing a lot? It, you know, it's, it's that, that thing. It's that thing. No, 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 no. Don't misunderstand. It's that thing. <laughs> really good. Jeez. So you're actually doing Lauren. You're not doing Dana Carvey doing Lauren or who right. else doing Lauren. Yeah, you're actually doing Lauren. Did you wow. go to the Tate Modern when you were in London and see the haystacks? They're breathtaking. <laughs> That's great. That's I great. know. I, I'll never get him on the show now. Uh, he'll never come on. And I mean, he's going to be. Yes, he will. Sure, he will. Uh, he, He's he's become the great white whale of the show. It what started out as Bruce Springsteen, and it's quick quickly morphed into to Lorne. And like once, if I ever, then I can like retire from my ill fated podcasting career. Get Lorne, and you know that that'll be the end of it. Did you already get Springsteen? No, no, oh. I haven't gotten him either. But I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I make him sound like a like really Warner Brothers. No, that's really good. He's doing a lot of stuff right now. He's doing a lot of interviews right now. This I know the new album is insane. It's so oh. good. And the and the documentary where they're all in the uh, studio, the studio of a thousand guitars. Yeah, you know, you wow. know your Springsteen. I've seen him. I've seen him. Did you ever see his show? Ben Stiller, Judd Apatow produced the it many years ago. You guys know what it is, where he plays uh, Springsteen, and everyone's gone home, and he's st- and he's cleaning the floor. He outlives everyone. That and, of course, Ben when he does Tom Cruise, who I also do. Oh, yes. No. In fact, my early – there was when I, when I started on Parks and Recreation, there was a minute and a half where they were writing my Tom Cruise impersonation into Chris Traeger, but it didn't really take. It wasn't really – it wasn't it, – it didn't really fit what we were doing, but, but Mike Schur, who created Parks and Rec, was very enamored with my Cruise impersonation, which really – you know how, like, sometimes you only have one bit and your entire impersonation is right. literally it's one bit. You have one move right. and that's it, but it's a good move right. and it works, right? So mine was Tom ordering water at a restaurant. That was my entire Tom Cruise because it was true. I mean, I vividly remember this as an 18-year-old kid going, oh, oh, that's a thing. And it's just the notion of, like, having a nice conversation with somebody over the table. And then the waiter comes up and says, you know, what would you like? And you're like, I would like water. I'd like it in a glass. 
I would like lemon in it. I would like to be room temperature. Anyway, and, then, and just like like super intense <laughs> and specific and that, about something like that. Not for a laugh. Oh no no no! Super wow. intense. Like 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 wow. Yeah. So there was a minute where 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 my character did that kind of stuff, and then we're like, eh. "That's great! That's great! Wow, you're good at this." Sheesh. Have you ever played the game? Marty Short used to make us play this all the time, where you give each other um, people to do that you've never done, and you have to try to do them. That's really scary. Ooh. I did it once on the on the Tonight Show. I got Jay Leno to agree to do it, and um, oh, and the other guest, shite. Was oh lovely guy that was in the um ah he's Australian actor this is terrible. Hugh Jackman his name no Hugh Jack no nobody is Russell Crowe that's good that's good no he was in the movie about the Olympics that Spielberg directed he's a really good actor oh oh Eric Bana thank you Eric Bana was the other guest and I guess he was out first because he was there and then I came out and Jay Leno had agreed to do this and I said okay we'll give each other names to do and we have to we have to impersonate and. I gave some to Jay Leno, and he made a great attempt. Gave some to Eric Bennett, made a great attempt. Uh, I did the anti-improv rule thing. They gave me somebody. Uh, they gave me Liz Taylor, and I said, "Well, I've done her, no." And then they gave me somebody else. I went, mm, "No, give me somebody living." It was just so bad because I knew what I wanted to do, and I said, "I said, can I um, give me someone living?" And Eric Bennett had just worked with uh, Scarlett Johansson, so I said, um, "Okay, Scarlett Johansson, yeah." Um, is it okay if I say puck on TV? And Jay Leno said, of course. And, and I said, okay, here's um, Scarlett Johansson in the morning before she puts her teeth in. Oh, I love that fucking uh, Eric Ben. <laughs> puck, he's handsome. <laughs> that cheap. is the most, cheap. that's quite genius. That's really cheap. That is such a, I had such a safety, safety guard going in my mind. That's all back. Okay. So yeah, that's a really good game. But it's really good if you're really playing good with 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 you and Marty Short. No, I'm not good at it, and it's so scary. Be, if you, especially if you've never tried doing somebody before, just to have a sound come out of your mouth, just to make that first sound is such a leap, leap of faith. Okay, I'll give it's you good. someone to do. You don't have to give me anyone. Yeah, no, I, I know. I'm I'm up for this challenge. I'm, listen, I'm very competitive. Very competitive. The minute you said game, I was like, ah, let's go. Um, Give me one. Okay. Well, here's the thing is, I, I really have to, like, I, it's a podcast, so they're not getting half my, my <laughs> ar- artillery is is the visual, but I'll, I'll just know that that's, just oh, know that going that's in. that's true. You're no, grading your on a curve. Great, though. Your voices have been great. Eh. Mm-hmm. All right. No, are you okay. kidding? You know Hit. Hit me with one. Hit me with one. Um, hit you with one. Yeah, okay. Someone good. I did say red buttons, but that's too old a reference. Red buttons. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I would. I, it would be a scene from the Poseidon Adventure. That's all I ever saw red buttons in. That's great. Is it red buttons? No, but Poseidon Adventure. Do Gene Hackman. Okay. See, but I. I, I want to <laughs> do him scary. hanging from. The, I want to do him hanging from this the screw before he drops into the flaming water. God, if you don't let these people get through this upside-down world in this upside-down boat, there is no God!
<laughs> wow. How about that? You better put that in your uh, in your kit. That's going in the one-man show. Oof. <laughs> and we'll be right back after this. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Are you ready to unlock your inner greatness? If so, make sure to listen to my podcast, The School of Greatness, hosted by me, Lewis Howes. Join me as I sit down with world-class performers, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to uncover their secrets to success with new episodes every single week. Whether you're striving for personal growth, business mastery, or simply seeking inspiration, The School of Greatness has something for you, and you can find it on SiriusXM, Pandora, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe and follow to the show so you never miss an episode and start your journey to greatness today. So here's something interesting. Christopher Guest, who is a certified genius, and uh, you're shaking your head. Yes, everybody knows it. No, I'm, um, I'm nodding. I'm nodding. Nodding your head, nodding your head. I didn't mean shaking your head. No, I meant shaking your head. Yes. Um, here's what I've witnessed about him that I found really fascinating. Yes. I was able to observe him at a um, a party surrounded by some of the funniest people on the planet, and whether it was Steve Martin, Marty Short, Tom Hanks, I think Ron Howard was there. I mean, funny, smart people. And everybody, whenever anyone told a joke or told a story or anything, before anyone reacted, they looked at Chris. Oh, Have I you ever knew seen you that? were going to say that. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Yes, he's the, he comes off as the toughest critic in the world. And he's also really smart and really funny. When we improvised uh, the scenes in the movies that we did, or that I was part of with him, um, everyone else kind of repeated a joke here and there, you know, from take to take. And you, not the whole thing, but, you know, I thought, oh, there was a, you know, there was a, uh, Something happened with sound. That take is dead. Okay, well, I might, I might just try that. I came up with that joke. I'm going to try some. I'll try to get it in there again. Um, Chris Guest never repeated a thought from take to take to take in his no. characters. Just so ridiculously inventive and creative and funny. Um, so yeah, you just and he's very dry, really dry. Ooh, um, so, so you just arid. look to him. You need like, to create a different story for. I mean, air, dry doesn't begin to. Yeah, he's the Sahara. <laughs> When he, are you friends with him? I, I I know him a little bit 
through, I've known Jamie, his wife, Jamie Lee, for, right. forever and ever and ever. Right. And so we would run right. into each other. And I like him very much, but I wouldn't say that we're, 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 we're very close. But I, he's right. obviously amazing. Well, I'm, I'm not really close either. I don't see him. I'm, you know, I've only seen him when I worked with him. Um, but once he does let you in as a friend, he's so affectionate and sweet. And he laughs and laughs and he's so loose. It, it's just the rest of the time he just does not suffer fools and and everybody wants to be his fool that's a that's a great phrase you're right he doesn't suffer fools and everybody wants to be his fool it's really hey, i'm improvising eh hey, oh you're good at that <laughs> oh you really do um he okay corky st Clair. oh for the backward right? pants i mean it, look, i don't know in, in the in the pantheon of 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 great of great characters that's that for me might be because i feel like i've been directed by corky st Clair multiple times in my career then you're lucky someone very loving and supportive and encouraging it just wants you to be the best you could possibly be that's what it was like and then there was bob balaban's character who looked at us like how did you get here well the the, the, oh, you're right about Quirky Sinclair, but the other part about Quirky Sinclair is he's completely without talent. That's the other part. <laughs> Says who? <laughs> That's, I, I, it's, there's something so endearing slash infuriating about someone who's so energetically, lovingly, like, supportive, who has no clue what they're doing. And oh, he does. Isn't directing a love, directing, nurturing and taking care of people and considering what everyone's going through and empathizing with everyone. It is true. You got to have that. The great ones all do. Right. Don't you think? That's that's quirky. That's quirky. Sinclair. Sinclair. <laughs> oh, man, I mean, what a great character, but also took himself so seriously. Corky took himself so seriously. Could you choose your favorite Chris Guest movie or no? All of them. No, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. No, oh, they're all, they were all just amazingly uh, uh, challenging, scary, and fun to do. But the the best was just watching everyone else work. Uh, but uh, Waiting for Guffman the night before I shot for the first time, they, they'd already shot for a week or so uh, when I got in and Chris... Just said, I just tell you one thing, don't try to be funny. Just be in the scene. And, you know, the, we shot 90-something hours of improvisation for those movies based on a on a really um, clean and great and well-written outline. You know, all the scenes that are in the outline ended up being the scenes in the movie. They're exactly as, you know, as structured, um, as originally structured. But the dialogue is improvised. Um, and so we, you know, we'd improvise 90 something hours, whatever. And they cut down to, Chris would cut it down to 92 minutes, I think. Uh, so the, so you knew once you got going that there was going to be a lot of stuff that's just going to disappear, which, which takes a lot of weight off of, you know, the pressure of trying to be funny. But that was, that was scary, but really fun. The thing that was fun about that, um, waiting for Cuffman is we kind of moved around in a group. We were all together, Parker Posey and Eugene and Fred Willard, God bless him. And, Mm. Uh, you know, we're all, we were together in a group as the, with the other movies, we sort of, um, we were playing very different characters in their different worlds. And then who came together, you know, for the event at the end, but we had our different lives going on. So it was really fun to sort of, um, 
be introduced to the world of improvising a movie with that group there all the time. You know, yeah. Eugene got I mean, really good at lowering himself out of a scene if he was going to laugh, so they wouldn't blow the take. There's a there's a car scene, a car a car dealership where um where uh, a Corky's showing us how to do his dance, which. I don't know if you remember, just pushing his pelvis forward, and we we're all trying to imitate it. And Eugene could not control his laughter, but instead of blowing the tape, he lowered himself out of frame. There was another scene in the library where we are doing another kind of rehearsal thing, and Fred was really making Eugene laugh. So Eugene just snuck behind one of the library shelves, got his laugh out of, out of his system, and came back in the scene. Really fun. Oh. Sorry, I can't pick a favorite. I don't know. I don't know. They were all... They're all, yeah, I love them all. I mean, it's hard. It, it's for me as Guffman, Best in Show. I mean, they're they're perennial. Yeah, 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 those are movies I have to watch once a year for sure. For sure. And for your consideration, it's turned into a very good, um, you know, yes. how, not to, how not to lesson for, um, for Eugene and me. We keep reminding each other, you know, you know award season. You know, to yes. get into that world and people are talking about whether or not you're going to win. And we just keep reminding each other of the characters and for your consideration. Like, OK, just let's just keep a perspective. Well, listen, you won. You won the Emmy this year. Um, we didn't think we were going to because we were trained by that movie. So we did not expect it. That was a nice surprise. You won the Emmy this year. What was that? What was that like? Tell me, because I've never won one. What? What? You what? Well, you should have. You've been just, nominated. I don't know. I don't know. Surely I've, you've been nominated. I I have been. I'm a perennial bridesmaid. <laughs> Did you get sucked into the game when you were nominated? As Tom Hanks calls it, the trophy run. This is my favorite. <laughs> he said that with no irony. He said, because, yeah, no, it's, you know, around the holidays, usually it's you know, kind of involved in the trophy run. So uh, and I thought, wow, that oh, is the greatest. Great. The trophy run. Um, yeah. And he has been many times. And he has been. It, it's like Todd, yeah. Ty Cobb said, it ain't bragging if you've done it. And he done it many <laughs> times. Um, That's great. What, what was it like? How, how were you, did you think you were going to win? No, I honestly didn't. Uh, and, um, and, I, and I felt like I was getting set up because, you know, my agent kept sending me things, you know, pieces that said I was going to win. And, um, and I thought, nope, I've seen this. I won't name names, but I've seen this happen to too many people where they're set up, you know, and I kept thinking of for your consideration, the movie. Um, so no, by, by Tom, um, uh, it was going to be announced. I convinced myself, no, I wasn't going to. And I wanted the show to win. I thought that would be so great for Eugene and Daniel. I really did want the show to win, but I did not, honest to God, didn't expect it. And was so happy to be with everyone. You know, we, um, I think Daniel talked Eugene into having something. And so it was going to be a barbecue in Eugene, Eugene's backyard. Then there was a whole COVID thing. And then they had, I think, 50 people invited two days before. And, and, and they moved it to where we were, Castle Loma in Toronto. Um, it's kind of an event place. It's old castle. Um, and then two days before the Emmys or before the party, uh, the Ontario premier changed the law so that it was maximum 25 people uh, outdoors, maximum 10 indoors. They had to uninvite or disinvite half the people. And they were all people who'd been nominated for the show. And, um, and of course, everybody we wanted to see and be with. So that part was sad. But then we <laughs> got there and then I looked around. We're all dressed up and we got, I thought, how do we, how do we have stylists for a, for a Zoom thing? What are we doing? You, <laughs> could, be, you could be naked from the waist down. Nobody would know. 
Well, apparently you do find out. That's, 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 that's right. Yeah. Oh, dear. What oh, was he boy. thinking? Um, yeah, so we, we got all dressed up, and when I got there, I thought, oh, this looks like we think we're going to win. This is almost too pretty and too fancy and too lovely. And we had this lovely dinner party. And they had two producers in a big screen, and you could see the other nominees. And, and then they said, um, uh, okay. And we all got tested, of course. Uh, we're safe to be with each other. But we wore masks. And they said, but if you win, you're going to go up to a microphone. Go, oh, come on. That looks like we think we're going to win. Can we just stay in our seats if we win? And I'm not thinking we're going to. They said, well, everyone else is going to go to the microphone. Okay, so then I look like I can't walk. Okay, so I have to go if I, if I do, but I won't. So okay. And they say, okay, um, we're about to start. And uh, your category is the first one up. Oh, just oh because it makes you feel kind of sickly. But um, but then uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Jennifer Aniston did that ridiculous bit with the fire burning up the car. And not for a second was I think, oh, hurry, get to it. I was just laughing. You know, right. the silly bit. She kept, she was so good with the extinguisher. Just yeah. like, yeah, I better go at it again. Yeah, this looks bad. Uh, and then he read my name. And I have that card now. Jimmy Kimmel uh, <sighs> sent it to me. So great. Half burned away, but my name is still in there. Um, yeah. And then, and then, sorry, I've gone on way too long, but, and then Eugene won and then Daniel went for writing. And, and then I got to Annie and she's sitting beside me and I said, mm, it was about to, you know, announce her category. Said, now you have to win. Sorry. You actually have to win. Now. That's right. Now. Yeah. Now you have to. And she said, who do I apologize to first? So sad. <laughs> it was insane. It was insane. And it just, it it you know that we got nine in a row. That's amazing, and, and that's unusual for a category to be lumped. But but they don't usually lump all the you know one category together, do they? No, um, no. So it really became un-Canadian and greedy after a mm. while for us. And it, it, so we got through the nine awards, all the comedy, and then they then they cut off our feed, and then we're all just kind of stunned, screaming, looking at each other. And Noah uh, Reed, who plays Patrick on the show, said. You realize no other shows won anything yet. It's like, oh, this is wrong. This is too much. It's just too much. That, yeah, because they, 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 that was the year that they, like you said, it was comedy and then they went to drama instead of alternating back and forth. So you yeah. guys just steamrolled everybody. That was, yeah. And of course we expected all of that, didn't we? Yes. Oh, of course. So let me ask you no. this. If you, if you, God forbid, are ever evacuated again, what do you, and you can only take one thing. Is it the what? Emmy or the or or is it your Order of Canada? <laughs> no, I think it'll be uh, passport. The kids' pictures. Oh, that's so boring. Well, you said one thing. Come on, what kind of mother human would I be? That's true. Mother first, human second. Which kid would you take? Let me ask you that. You only take one kid. <laughs> oh my God, Kathy's choice. Kathy's choice. <laughs> Kathy's Canadian choice. Which kid would you take? Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I know. Oh, mm. no. Listen, I'm open to being lobbied, though. I mean, I I fully, fully, like, am like, would have no problem saying to my boys, look, I'm only taking one of you. What's in it for me? Oh, I would say you decide. Ooh, let them decide. Oh, that's sickening. What a horrible thought. No. That's it. My kids are li never living with me again. I want them to be somewhere else safe. I like it. Do you know that trick with kids? With kids when they want, when they're mad about who's going to get the bigger size of something, candy or the most of a drink. No. What trick is this? You say, okay, one of you will pour. 
or divide it, and the other will choose. Wow. And it makes every kid be fairer than they've ever been in their lives, <laughs> dividing up whatever that is. That oh, and the, the, the meticulousness that would, really then, good trick. would then transpire. <laughs> what a good, what a good thing. I, where was that when I needed it when I had these eight-year-old and six-year-olds running around my house? Yeah, fighting over stuff. No, they did. They, did they get along? Did they love each other? They did. Yeah, they really did. And still do. And and, yeah, and now yeah. we're all back in the house. We're all still living like it's a it's your Schitt's Creek is the is the ultimate version of what we're living. I like to think of it as we're living in a failed sitcom, because to me, it's like every <laughs> sitcom that doesn't work and yours did work where they're all back together. But they're uh, and it's been great. It's really been great. And everybody gets yeah. along and it's been it's been really fun. And uh, I and we've been catching up on, you know. Great stuff on Netflix and, you know, yeah, yeah. watch, watch like, you guys. Like in the show, I think um, adult children are getting to see their parents as humans, just yeah. adults. It's not like you have to be best friends, but you sort of, you know, you, you, I think I've stopped lecturing as much as I used to when I saw them once in a while. It's like you see the once in a while. It's like, I want to tell you everything I know about life right now. You know, I have five minutes with you. But when you when you get to spend those days together, nights together, you relax and you just sort of in a in a much healthier way start, I hope anyway, start letting each other be. You know, even kids let their parents be. Yeah, there's there's when you're when you're going through what everybody has gone through and continues to go through, it it just it just gets so real. It's real. Yeah. It's like there's no, yeah. there's no putting a brave face. There's no putting any face on it. No. It just is. It is what it is. And they, I think it's been good for everybody to see, you know, the warts and all, you know, of because they, you know, I think kids look at parents and think, you know, parents are these un, unknowable figures, you know, and and right. our kids and our kids are also mysteries to us in in right. many ways. And a lot of that's good. A lot of that is it is good. Is is, is 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 as it should be. But a lot, boy, you want to take the mystery out of something? Live with people twenty four seven for nine <laughs> yeah. months, right? But if you can survive, if you survive it, that's yeah. And if you can actually let each other be, give each other a little space if you're lucky enough to have some space. Yeah, it's good. I think we're we're all looking at how life could be different from now on, not with or without virus, just. I think we've really found out uh, what things work and don't work and how many people can actually work at home. Wow. Well, I've been shooting my my show, nine one one Lone Star. We're back and, you know, we Disney is our studio and the protocols are the most yeah. unbelievable. You, you know, the famous shots of the astronauts walking down the gantry <laughs> to get in. That's what it looks like coming from craft service. Wow. Wow. And it's all boxed, right? You can't just go and order what you want. It's all you order ahead of time. And oh, these are real problems, aren't you, they? You, 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 order your food ahead of time. you can't order ahead of time. <laughs> but no, you can't go in like certain, like there's a certain, everybody goes in different doors. Yeah. Everybody's like quadranted off. Um, it's, we have to wear two masks. We wear the, you know, the mask mask and then the face yeah. shield. Right. And I'm, I'm deaf in one ear anyway. So wow. I, 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 A, can't hear much. And then right. I realize I've, I've you I, I lip read so much. So I just I have no relationship with anybody anymore. 
on my show at all because I can't, I can't communicate. Oh my God, lip reading. I thought of this. Yeah. Yeah. What happens with masks and lip reading? You just ask people to speak louder? Yeah. And you'd get tired of doing that. And eventually you just, you just check out. And it, it, that's, it's, that's the really sad part is it really is too hard to, 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 to communicate. It's, it's really rough. Um, you know, uh, but it's I'm sorry, what? Mike, uh, huh? Yeah. Then they lift it up to speak and you, ah, no, you can't. No, then, then the, uh, the, the sort of COVID police jump in. Oh yeah. How often do you have to get tested for your work? Um, I get tested every three days. Wow. And, um, and my, honestly, my nose is starting to feel it. Like I, I, I'm, I definitely have a permanent, like I'm aware of my nose. Yeah. Permanent. You get the, you get the swirl though, not the stick in the brain. My nose hasn't felt like this <laughs> since, uh, 1986 and, uh, you know, <laughs> Nell's in lower Manhattan. <laughs> With Andy Warhol. No, I never did that. Uh, no, that stuff. <laughs> I Saw too many people be stupid. Couldn't get it in Canada. Believe me, I tried. Oh no, it was everywhere. I shot Young Blood up there. I, I know. <laughs> I know what was going on up there. Young Blood in 1984. I know what wasn't going on. Unfortunately. <laughs> but wait, as a, are you producing the show? Because as an actor, you can't wear two masks, right? I'm yeah. As a producer, I'm wearing two, but I'm 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 rarely on the set when I'm not acting. But we wear the we wear the masks for everything but actual shooting. So the rehearsals, like I said, are like really problematic. It's like what? Yeah, it's very tough. Wow. Yeah. But at least we're working. Look, we're lucky. A yes. lot of a lot of folks aren't working. We're alive. So. We're alive. And we're alive. Well, you're working. You're working enough for all of us. And and you know my my nose is happy to be getting attention again <laughs> after so many years of <laughs> falling into disrepair. <laughs> I have permanent damage from uh, getting tested the stick up the brain um, from a sinus infection years ago. Oh, and I have yeah, I have like perpetually just slightly runny nostril on my left side. And it's terrible. It's terrible for working. I'm always asking makeup artist, do I have anything? Poor girl has to look. Yeah, no, it's, um, you, you know what the phrase for that is? Are there any bats in the cave? Ew! Gross. Ew. It's not bats, though. This is Gross! It's a very clean, clear, tiny bit of liquid. That's all it is, okay? That's all it is. Bats in the cave. Hey, any bats in the cave? Well, Ew. 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 Well, this has been great. You, I, I love this. I, I, I love talking to you. I've been a fan forever. Um, Thank a lot you. of people I get Me on the podcast. Po- oh, I'm sorry. I've been a fan of yours forever too. Thank not you. as long because you're a lot younger, but no, nonsense. We <laughs> listen. We both love Paul Lynn. So what else matters? <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> leave this. I'm gonna call our mutual manager. Okay. And I'm going to say you're fired unless you get me the role as Paul Lind. Absolutely. And Catherine, who would? Okay, who, let, we'll end with this. Who? I want you to be in it. What character can you be? Can you play Sandy Duncan in the Corner Square? Would that be a fun? Oh, that's great. 
Oh no, I don't know if you're Robin. If you know Robin Duke, she she uh, yes, played a role. Of she, okay, she should play. Sandy she knows she's she beyond a Sandy Duncan. She actually looks like her. Okay, um, who who would you it, would be? Would Joey Heatherton? Would Joey Heatherton be in there? I like Joey Heatherton. A slightly older Joey Heatherton. Who else is in that period? Oh, could you could you play Wally Cox? <laughs> yes, I'll do anything for you. To your kind of like play you as Wally Cox. <laughs> I like to. I want to see you stretch those beautiful wings. Oh yeah, what's his what's his voice? I think he's just kind of. I think he's he's very he's very nerdy and he's got a mustache that's very, like this. Very, he's very, very nerdy, but not. He's very, I don't really know the answer to that, so Peter Lawford or whatever the hell his name is, Peter Marshall. Oh, <laughs> of course Lawford. you don't. What do you know? <laughs> you know nothing, Wally Cox. Excellent. And who's the guy? Oh who's the guy who used to be a match game? The old match game that would uh, Gene Rayburn. No, the guy who would, was basically Paul Lynn. Oh, his delivery was exactly like that. Oh, Nelson Riley. Oh, Charles Does Nelson Riley, another one. Is? Do you guys know who this is? Because all his all his answers were like that too. Charles Nelson Riley, <laughs> he was also Hoodoo in Lidsville. And don't if we start going down my Sid and Marty Croft rabbit hole, then <laughs> That's it's great. It, yeah, <laughs> my husband and, designed uh, Land of the Lost movie. No way. Yeah, that was all on stage. Oh my god, the detail in those the beautiful paintwork. Uh, on those trees and vines and my yeah, so, favorite yeah. joke in the movie is basically an homage to your husband then because it's Will Ferrell in the the temple where all the crystals are. Yeah. It's the Slee Stack Temple or whatever. And, somebody, and and um and he says, This looks like the set of a telemundo uh uh telethon. <laughs> it's my favorite joke That's great. in the show. That's great. And we, I swear, at least once a week, one of us will say to the other one we made a mistake, not cool, Chaka. Chaka? Sarisa Taka? Just from that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the fact that I know Chaka's language is deeply upsetting, even to me. <laughs> wow. You're an encyclopedia. Of bad of television. Of something, uh, yes. Of something. That's what my <laughs> wife says. Um, the great Catherine O'Hara. Thank you. Um, I, I was. I usually a lot of folks on the show. I know it and have, and have a long history with. And this is the other part of the show that I love is when I get to meet someone I've always admired and Thank and you. start and start a history. So our history began today. Just so you know. Yes, please. I want to become as good a friend to you as Daphne Guinness. Oh, darling, I, I've I've got great <laughs> stories. I'll. I'm gonna. I'm gonna send you some story. I'm gonna try to find some photos and I'll send it to you through our mutual manager. Excellent. Of your Excellent. muse. And before you tell something funny, say, you won't believe how funny this is. Wait to hear this joke. Oh, this is such a great joke. This is, wait, let me just, <laughs> hey, you're going to love this. I'm going to kill myself. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you, darling. Girl. Thank you so much. God bless you. Stay safe, all of you. Thank you. That was fun. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks. That was fun. I love it. And I am going to go get on this Paul Lind thing. I'm going to get on it right now. By the way, I'm sure all of you listening have no interest in seeing me in that part. I, I and I completely understand it. Um, it doesn't mean I don't want to do it. Um, I want to thank Catherine. She was so sweet to take time out of her busy day to talk to to me, and um, it's inspired me to watch Waiting for Guffman again tonight. And if you've never seen Waiting for Guffman, get a life. It is beyond belief, or best in show. 
But but start with those because I'm assuming everybody's seen Shit's Creek. But um, trust me, you won't go wrong. And um, anyway, I will see you next week. Thanks for coming back. And by the way, if you guys, um, it'd be great if you uh, give us a review on Apple. We like that. It's helpful for the show. I read them. So be nice to me um, because my feelings are easily hurt. So go to Apple and uh, give us some good stars. All right. Bye. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced and engineered by me, Devin Tory Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blaird. Talent producer, Jennifer Samples. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.